All right, yeah, we're back. Welcome back to the deluxe version. It's not the deluxe edition because I'm a smart motherfucker this time, and it's not. All right, yeah, I got. All right, I got it right this time. We're back with episode two. Yeah, we're just gonna keep this consistent. Keep it. Keep it going every week. I think I might try to drop this every every Tuesday. So check out for that. All right, I'm here with two guests. Two guys I really appreciate coming through. We got Jay Blacks and Anthony Crawford. All right, I'm gonna make some applause because it's just me. <laughs> it's just me. What's going on? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming. We're all right. Yeah, we're gonna break this down because I've come up with. I wanted. I know what I want to do about this podcast. I want to call it almost a, a format where uh, creators come together and critique content and concept. That's what I keep saying. That's what I keep calling it on on Twitter. Uh, just when people ask, "Oh, what is your podcast about?" and that's basically it. Until I figure out who I want to talk to, and I uh, and you guys are creators. You, uh, we're all designers slash art directors. So this, is, this should be fun. We're just gonna yeah. talk shit and just keep it going. Say they're the same <laughs> damn thing. I don't know why they break up in two worlds. But exactly. Whatever. Yeah, like what is the difference between? I, I still don't know the difference between like an art director and a designer. Ugh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> for, oh, they're conceptual, but at the root of design, it's conceptual. It's conceptual thinking. So it's it's a it's it's crazy as hell, but like our director, quote unquote, is the person who comes up with like the ideas and like the name for shit, and then guess what? They pass off to the designer to make the shit. So it's like not really much of a big difference. That's in my that's opinion. true. Yeah, to me, it's just an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really determined why it's an excuse, but I think it's just like some excuse like some magical ploy to like separate creators it, it, it's a big ploy there's no there's no major difference it's just like a title like boost it's like oh i'm an art director you're a designer it's like what the fuck we do the same yeah. thing it's like how niggas like they'll call themselves a creative director and i don't care what you do like honestly like and don't know <laughs> and don't direct anything like you're yeah. directing yourself exactly <laughs> like away with that shit I used to call myself a creative director till no. I till I figured out what a creative director really was. Right, right. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like one of those memes where it's like you looking at yourself in the mirror. And it's mm-hmm. like well, I'm a creative director. And it's like no, exactly. Like, but yeah, like everybody should have that young phase though. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like everybody should feel like a director till they meet a director. Yeah, everybody's trying, just trying to up themselves. So I, I can respect that. But you gotta you gotta know and you gotta earn that position. You gotta earn that. Do you know? Do you really know? Cause it's like it's people out here be like, look at me, I'm a career director, and it's like he actually might be doing some self made shit. Yeah. Like what's uh Russell? What's Russell Westbrook over um what's that Gene brand? You know what I'm talking oh, about? True religion. True religion. Crew, we career. Like <laughs> Wait, what? Russell Westbrook is creative director of True Religion. Oh, we no. and he might be a good career director. <laughs> what is up with that? Like, I think isn't Big Sean like the like he's like Sam Ambassador Puma now? So global the, yeah. ambassador. Like all that shit is titular. Yeah, yeah. That's like Drake and Toronto Raptors. It's yeah, like, like what do you really do? Like, what is your role for real? Show exactly. up and collect the check. Ex- yeah, <laughs> basically. Let me get that. Job. Yeah, just just walk in like you know what's up. Like <laughs> I like when because. I love the fact that only black people say you know what time it is. They're the only people that say you know what time it is rhetorically. 
<laughs> that shit is so funny to me because you don't hear a white person be like, oh, you know what time it is. Yeah, and they don't know what time it is. Exactly. Oops. Oh, but all right. I, I guess because what I want to do is I want to turn this into like an interview and then we just discuss shit. Like we basically just talk about content that dropped during the week. So we're going to start. As, so basically, I'm just going to interview y'all and y'all going to answer and talk about what inspires y'all. And then we're just going to shit on other people. Okay. So, so uh, first off, like, what is one of your earliest memories when it comes to being creative and as a professional? Like, for me personally, I remember I was doing a lot of, I remember what I would love about elementary school is you would do all the poster projects and mm-hmm. uh, just that was fun to me and that made me realize I wanted to do something creative when I grew up. So, so yeah, your turn. Either I don't, yeah, I don't really have any, like, true recollection of, like, when... I became, or when I like saw myself as a creative person, I just knew I grew up in a household, two different households with two different creative people. Um, I grew up the first, or I guess the first time I knew I was creative was was when I started doing writing poetry. I was like twelve, and then I just like started writing this stuff in this notebook, and then it turned into me like meeting other people who did poetry, and then like by the time I graduated high school, like I had met these people who had been starting these open mic series and I would go to those and then I had performed for the first time but my parents just the smell of shea cocoa butter was in the air yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) my parents had always been creative people like my mom's an interior designer and my dad like he was a DJ growing up oh that's what's up and he was a poet too I guess he says he was yeah I don't buy that shit that's cool but yeah that's I think that's the first time I really consider myself a creative yeah everyone's beginnings are always just so great to me because like my mom's a teacher my dad's in the army i don't even know where i got this creative ambition from so who knows we never know what about you Aunt? Um, <laughs> i don't i man drawing dragon ball z characters. yes yes that is the kid's yeah. ultimate test if you're going to be a creative or not yo can, shout out to my friend jason we used to like compete on doing dragon ball z drawing if you can get the hair just right like when they turn super saiyan oh you're good exactly that's it. <laughs> and then when you got to the age enough to understand color mm-hmm. we got the right yellow that right yellow that i never right, thought about yellow. that you you got it. Yeah. So like I was just I was good at sketching. I was just making stuff. I used to do shoes, Dragon Ball Z characters, anime characters. And that sh- it wasn't easy. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know what's difficult drawing anime characters or drawing shoes because you got to get the right foot size for the shoes or for the Dragon Ball or anime character you had to have the right eye. If mm-hmm. The eye was off. It was a wrap. That, yeah, that always used to get to me, too. Like, one eye would be, like, different than the other. Yeah, yeah. it'd be, like, one squiggly line, like, a circle or something. Mm-hmm. Crap like that. I can never draw. Oh, trust me. I still can't draw. Uh, it, you don't want that passion. You don't want that. You don't want them problems. Because everybody depression. wants you to draw them yes. at one point in life. And wait till you get a big girl who wants that to draw. And it's like, you ain't the proportions just right that we don't fit. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first thing that I always say, like, oh, can you draw? Can you draw me? And I'm like, get out of here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> be somebody really yeah. ugly. And you be that's like, true. That's what you look like. Yeah. They're like, no, you look like my eyes. Big. No, your eye look like that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> other than that, <laughs> my cynical ass. No, I just, my family... They're all analytical people. Like, my mom was in analytics, literally, and my dad went to the army, but he he's a fire investigator. So, like, my whole entire family, my upbringing was based off of, like, facts, truth, and just really, I guess, pulling apart a lot of stuff and figuring out how it works. And I don't know where my creativity side come from, but, like, 
I always felt like that ability to like look at things for what it is and being able to like draw it mm-hmm. kind of just came together in That's the other day. But um, my earliest memories were definitely that Dragon Ball Z character. Yeah. Goku, he was the oh, easiest one. Yeah. Or Krillin. Wait, have you been watching Dragon Ball Super? Yeah. I have not had time to watch. I need to catch shit. up. Shit. Y'all gonna hate me, but I've never watched Dragon Ball Z. Why? Oh, shit. I hate fucking cartoons. You are what, shit. You hate cartoons? You are Who shit. are you? I don't even like <laughs> anything animated. What? I hate it. What's wrong with you? You don't like Adventure I mean, Time? No. What the fuck? Johnny Bravo. No. Hey Arnold. I fuck with you, some Hey Arnold. Exa- you gotta like Hey Arnold. I fuck like, with yeah. Hey Arnold. I fuck with uh, Doug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rocket power. What the hell did they do to Doug? They gave him a tattoo and he's a Q now. Oh, yeah. Oh, you saw that picture too? You yeah. see that picture too? Like, no, somebody said he looked like Clay Thompson. <laughs> Y'all see that picture of him and uh, Patty Mayonnaise? Yes. Yeah, where she got like the thigh tattoo and shit. Yeah. yeah. That's I don't understand about culture. Why would you do that to Doug? Why would you put him in that position? They just gotta do that. They always gotta make niggas look grown up Q? and shit. That's what I wanna know. And Eric said he would've played YQ. Yeah. What else they got? Who else they fuck up? And I feel like I feel like Skeeter would have been a cute before before Doug. I don't think yeah. them should have played. <laughs> <Petty>. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what, what about you, man? Right. Your earliest memories of being a creator? Oh, like like I was saying, uh, just the posters and shit. Dragon Ball Z too. Like, because uh, I remember, yeah, like shout out to, again, shout out to my friend, uh, my friend Jason. We used to, I remember, we used to be on the bus and we would just compare Dragon Ball Z drawings that we drew, like. The night before. What post drama are you talking about? Uh, like, What's you know that? how, like, on in history projects, they'd be like, oh, you got to do, like, a history of a map oh. or something. And I remember, I remember I used to just, I don't know, I just, like, drawing the maps. And, That's when yeah. the teacher didn't know how to be creative. Exactly. So she, she would give got you. that ass told off by the administration. Like, <laughs> no, like, something. she would give you, like, a list of shit that you could do. Like, oh, you could write a paper or you could do, like, a comic strip or you could do a poster. And I, yeah. that was always fun to me. Like, either doing a poster or some kind of comic strip. I... Uh, yeah, yeah I, would stuff do, like I would that. do anything that would get me out of, like, like <laughs> writing the paper. Man, yeah, like, so. they would give you, I would appreciate teachers like that that would give you options. For real. Yeah. That's why I used to use my, like, creativity as, like, a plus, like, especially when I started writing poems and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can do anything. I'd be like, yep. Exactly. Write like, write a poem about, like, Lincoln getting assassinated or something. So, exactly like I that, yeah. Some, well, Lincoln Not, I mean, something like <laughs> That's the first thing I can think of. <laughs> I mean, we in the... Shout out to the Lincoln Room. We in the Lincoln Room right now. I wonder what you could have drawn yeah. with that. It's so many yeah. opportunities. I mean, yeah. That's that's wild. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Someone else for y'all. Uh, what's, what's been, like, your biggest inspiration right now? Like, what's something that's really been pushing y'all forward that realized that... Uh, something you've seen that's been like, oh, that's so great. I want to go in that direction. I want to be uh, in that same boat. And uh, like a commercial or a movie that just came out, like like we get out, for example, like I'm pretty sure so many people want to be better uh, better screenplay writers because of Get Out or something. Mm. I think I think in general, like Get Out has in like in general has made me want to like just write a script mm-hmm. in general, or just write a story. Yeah. Or I think it's before, it actually happened before Get Out, but I think a lot of these like films that are coming out are like really like pushing the envelope and really like setting setting the bar high as far as like writing and things like that. So I yeah, think, I want to get to the point where I'm actually I want to write a script and just get there. I mean, I'm in the same phase, right? Like the narrative of African Americans is definitely at a new level. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight. Moonlight yeah, Moonlight. Just cinematography wise was it's just beautiful, brand yeah. Brand new, it was good to watch, and then the storytelling aspect for me 
it was just like this is a brave and new way to like tell another narrative in our culture because I'm so glad we're at the point that we're not slaves anymore we're not the fucking butlers we're mm-hmm. not the side characters like we have another outlet that we can fucking watch mm-hmm. that's different from the tradition exactly and like for me like, like I, just wanna, I just want to shoot like Another, like, a, what is the next narrative besides Moonlight? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Like, Get Out is another form of a psycho thriller mm-hmm. that we've never seen told the perspective of African Americans dating or in an interracial marriage. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Those are, like, what's going to get us over the humps, getting us awards left and right. Yeah. Because, like, even during the Oscar, I was afraid that Moonlight was not going to win. Over exactly. The then they're going to do, like, the OVO. And it won. Yeah. It fucking won. Mm-hmm. Like, that this is the moment for me that I feel like I need to come out and find another story and shoot that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the story is. Yeah. It won't be a slave. It won't be Anne Martha. Mm-hmm. It won't be like <laughs> simple. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, like yeah. this should like to me this is like the beacon for every creative to like come out that's black. Mm-hmm. You know this is like the go button because like everybody looking at us right. Yeah. Like, even the Nike spot, the Nike spot equality was shot by a black woman. Uh, that within itself, within advertising, it's like it's a new opportunity to do something fucking new and not traditional. Mm-hmm. Not just back. For sure. I hate, I hate how we end there, like, for sure. <laughs> like, you know, you go around sure. and I'm like, shaking the head. That's I mean, how I feel. I mean, what else are you supposed to say? Because, like, they, they they don't know I'm not in my head. But like, I gotta really say something. You know, like, on the real, like, even as designers, as black designers, it's only about two three of us in the fucking world not not really but like head head guys right like where is our moonlight opportunity you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying where is our big step into doing something great or creating another narrative Mm -hmm. i don't know what that is but like to me it's we we at that go mode we at that go mode yeah Yeah, i think moonlight that's it's just like i think i'm still speechless over moonlight i haven't really you know like formulated like a true response like in get out there was a lot of like there was a lot of like obvious things in that movie mm-hmm. that you can you know it's easy for people to pick out because it's every day for some people and it's just how life is for some people so i think in moonlight there's there's a lot of small nuances in that film that's just mm-hmm. like it's so one it's, it some of it is so subtle and other other part is it's so hard to pick apart and I think that's why it was so successful, and that's why I won those awards because it it put people in a it put people in a situation to be like, yo, this really made me feel a certain type of way, mm-hmm. and I don't really know how to explain it, but I love that fucking film. Yeah, people were still talking about it like weeks later, like at work today, they were talk they were still talking about it like it was still brand new, and it's it's just there's I feel like you're almost learning something every day from it. Yeah, for sure. And another thing that another thing that gets me inspired nowadays is is steel photography Mm -hmm. um primarily like fashion photography and how it relates to things in a historical context Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of something i've been you know like exploring as of lately Mm -hmm. and different ways to um do things in that realm like and i've been like thinking about doing a project um based on you know black people in situations Mm -hmm. that historically we weren't put in and putting that into like a still form of Mm -hmm. photography so that's the one thing that gets me inspired and everybody you know on instagram doing their thing and and people who like photography used to be 
anything in, in the creative form used to be very hard to like it used to feel like it was very hard to get started now and now yeah. in this digital world you can it's just such an easy start yeah you can get started and do stuff that you want to do and it's not that hard you got folks making Instagram videos on their iPhones and mm-hmm. getting millions of views exactly and it's just it's just amazing to see people work in that way and, and collaborate and help each other out because mm-hmm. one thing I just found out was a lot of the people, a lot of the folks that make those funny videos on Instagram, yeah, with a bunch of people in them and they're doing different things, they all get together. They all have their own pages. Yeah, they get together and then they help each other make each other's videos. They collaborate. Yeah, that's what I want. Like I want, I want to just have like, or just a a collective like that where we just make shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. like that kind of leads to what what inspires me is just uh like one group. I probably said it on the last podcast, but the Mad Break Club. Like I love them. I love what they do. Uh, like they're always just helping out, out each other whether it's, whether it's film whether it's photography like they even just released some shirts today and I wish I would have brought them but I wish I would have bought one but I'm a broke ass nigga so I can't but yeah but uh, but those were just great I, I was even telling a friend about them last night just how how much they inspire me and clearly I know you're listening so what's up uh uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, it was great. Uh, it was great just uh, the clothing that they were doing, and a lot of it was just parodies of fishing, uh, Marlboro. Like they were doing a parody of Marlboro or Madbury, and uh, they've even done some really cool collabs just uh, with Nike, with Puma. So it's just a whole bunch of great guys, and or just people in general that are just creating just a movement of their own, which is really inspiring. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's the trend right now, right? It's like. I don't want to say screw advertising because it's like that might hurt me in the long run, but whatever. Screw advertising, like it is. Yeah, fuck it's you. about you if if you notice what's going on, it's like people are clicking up and creating collectives and incubators, and like, hey, we don't need a big churn and burn agency. Yeah. Like, we'll just make stuff, and you get the right group of people behind it. It's like, dude, you can have a full house agency within a collective. Yeah, and like if you get one video guy, I mean, he ain't got to be the best in the world. Mm-hmm. You get one designer, you get a fashion guy who can knit and sew. Mm-hmm. Like you have a whole powerhouse industry right under your hand. Yeah, just from that, like everyone's learning. Like they don't even have to be the best. Like they can be just be learning from that. Right. Like I don't know a lot about the collectives out here, just because I'm more just so fascinated, you know, fascinated with like design agencies. Mm-hmm. But just like the ones that I do come across my desk, it's like, yo, these kids are maybe like not eighteen, nineteen, exactly, if not twenty one, if not pushing twenty five. Yeah. Doing what they love together, mm-hmm. taking a risk together, and I think that's the difficult part about it. Yeah, our collective is like, will you take this risk with me with a group of people? Like that's what I would love to do. Shoot, I mean, it, it, and and the, and like naturally the money will be there. I think that's the initial fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like nobody yeah. really cares when you're making stuff. Exactly, right? you're having fun, really you're about. learning. So yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I just been looking at it, and it's just like. Hopefully by before I turn twenty five, which is not too long. Yeah. Plus, you don't you don't have you know, like some some white guy at the top just telling you what you can and can't do. Well, so. no, I don't think it's about somebody at the top telling yeah. you what you can and cannot do. It's mm-hmm. the fact that you want liberation. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be held down by somebody that's at the top, like you said, like a career director, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be in this stuffy nine to five. Like you don't make exactly, the best yeah. work from nine to five. You make the work when it happens. Yeah. Like yeah. Like I love just working later. Like I feel like I get. The best work done outside of work, where like I get the biggest inspiration outside of work. So yeah, I mean to me, I feel like I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like creative directors are like 
challenging me to be a better creator. Mm-hmm. Because one thing about then advertising... They're doing, yeah, they're doing something right by that. One thing right. that I will say about advertising is they teach you how to sell, they teach you how to bullshit, and they teach you how to work with people. Mm-hmm. And the hardest thing about advertising, like, they say they get culture, but they don't. Yeah. But they don't. Let's be dead ass. They don't. <laughs> but the <laughs> thing is... How to... I'm just saying. <laughs> they don't. They yeah, really don't. Right. It's like... You learn from that is how do you sell in culture to somebody that don't get it? Mm-hmm. Some people will, some people won't. But like for the ones that pretty much ninety nine percent don't get it, advertising teach you how to sell that idea. Yeah, make it hot. You just have to know your audience. Like I think that's the one thing you just have to figure out is knowing your audience. Right. I think it teaches you how to like take an idea that you think is very like surface based mm-hmm. and to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. And you might think you have a great idea. When you first said, and that might be a great idea, but there's more. Mm-hmm. And I think like creative directors help you find that more and help you make sense of that more and help you execute that more in a more str- strategic and more sound way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me wonder though, did y'all ever see yourselves in advertising? Because honestly, I, I don't think I ever did, maybe until the end of college. So what about y'all? Design agency. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I never knew what was going to end up like for the longest time I wanted to, to be a cartoonist. So I wanted to end up maybe at a, at a cartoon studio or do something like that. I'm never telling you, that's, in that was, that's life. That's the goal. Yeah. Like, advertising sold us a dream. Mm-hmm. Cause, like, how you want to be a cartoonist. I wanted to be a game designer. Mm-hmm. A game designer or just generally in the design agency. Yeah. Because it's like, that's what's fucking hot. It is, yeah. Like, that's it. Like, I can work on Battlefield and do the fucking Yes, graphics. yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> do you know how long it takes for them to make the graphics for Battlefield a mm-hmm. fucking long time. Mm-hmm. And it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking number one game in the world. But what am I doing? Making ads. Yeah. <laughs> like, boring, like, like making like social ads or just something that, that is just, like something like cutesy that's going to go on Twitter or Instagram. I'm Yo, not about that. Like, What's the worst? I mean, we all work in let's, let's just talk about it. Let's just, let's what's say. the worst ad that you have ever made? Like uh, legit. Legit. I I don't know. I I used to work for I no no shots to them, but <laughs> I used to work for like this hospitality startup in DC, and uh, there were just a lot of things that we would have to do there. A lot of things around like hospitality or like table waiting. So we would. Uh, I remember I used to do ones of just table diagrams or just like floor plans of rooms and stuff, and it was just so weird because I, I was not into that, and I was like, who's gonna click on this? And it, it just wasn't fun at all. Yeah, no. I made Charles Schwab ads. Like, that was the worst. Just the, it was just a blue box with an orange box that said "click here." And it's wow. Copy. I mean, I, when I first started, I just came out the gate like, "We gonna do this, we gonna do that, we make this, we gonna make yeah. that." And they were like, "No, just put in a blue box with words." Exactly. But I'm like, at that point, it's not even fun anymore. It's yeah. not fun. Yeah. Shit. Mm. And I think that's like where they, they, where they, as in advertisers, that's going back to our previous conversation okay. about, <laughs> about designers and art directors. And that's yeah, where yeah, they, yeah. they, they cut the line and what you can do. Like, cause they'll tell a designer, they'll call you a designer and then they'll say, okay, just take these words, put it in this blue box and mm-hmm. click on it. And you're not really a designer. You're kind of like the person who knows the technical like aspects of Photoshop, Illustrator, and mm-hmm. design, but you're not really designing anything, but they call you that to make you feel a certain type of way, and then they let the art directors do 
The real work. Exactly. Yes. And, what we're, and the craziest thing is, like, they don't even do real work. They come up with the ideas and they say, I want it to look like this. To me, is that really even art direction? Because to for you to direct the art, in my world, I may be wrong. Stop me if I'm wrong. Nah, go but for, for go you for to it. direct the art, you have to know how to make it. And if you can't make it, what are you directing? Me? Like, that's what I never understood about that's the difference. Yeah. Like, if you're a creative director, right? Your job is to direct the creative executions, right? Mm-hmm. And if you ain't creative, how the hell are you a creative director? True. I mean, I yeah. It's, it's just a weird line. Maybe it didn't make sense. It makes sense to me, but like, I feel like before you become an art director, you have to be a designer mm-hmm. because you're essentially using mm-hmm. all your technical know-hows to make this piece of art, this one piece of art that yeah. translates into a whole look. Mm-hmm. And then you become an art director. Then you understand how you made most of the work that's in your book. And guess what? You have design chops and you're conceptual. Now. Yeah, you got to level up. You got to level up. You got to level up. People come out the gate and it's like, I'm an art director. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> like, can you make this logo? Yeah, and it's be shit. And it's like, get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> you try. You try. I think some of the, think some of the, some of the, the differences in, in the, the ways art directors can actually do stuff that they don't, I think an art director can have, can be a successful art director, but not have the, the physical know-how mm-hmm. to do something. Because I feel like they can know in their mind what they want to see based on other things that they've seen before. Because in my mind, nothing anymore is yeah, original. Yeah, yeah, everything's <laughs> either overdone. Nothing, yeah, or, yeah, nothing yeah. is original anymore. So you can see something based on, you can like have a creative mind and put all these different things mm-hmm. together. And know what you want to see, but just don't know how to do it physically. Like, yeah. And I think that more people cling on to that argument. Like, yeah. you're right. I just feel like some of these worlds, they put this heavy emphasis. Yeah. On, or like, if we don't have an art director, we have nothing. Right? Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, you got to have it. You have to have design chop because that's where the, the, the conversation begins. It's like, or if you got to usually have the, you have to have a, a good eye for it. Like you, you gotta have strong. If you, you, if you don't, if you don't know how to do it, you gotta know what looks good. good. Looks yeah, you good. gotta know. Yeah, you gotta know what's, yeah. what's up there. Hmm. That's interesting. It is. It's a weird world. <laughs> I just feel like the whole conceptual argument is so dead to me. It's like, oh, our directors are conceptual, but at the root of design. You have to be conceptual. Yeah. You have yeah. to understand. That's, a, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. But yeah. Most advertising agencies don't see it that way. Some people say, well, they can come up with the ideas. It's like designers come up with ideas. Exactly. The world, the world today, how they emphasize designers is way more powerful than what it was years ago. Mm-hmm. The design world, and I hate to go on this tangent, but like, nah, go for it. we are digital creators. We are making apps. We are building companies. We are solving world's issues using design methodologies. Mm-hmm. And you mean to tell me that this art director is more conceptual than the than the root of a, of it all? Like, no, it doesn't make sense. There is a whole process con- considered or called design thinking, not art director thinking. Design thinking, mm-hmm. where you make stuff and you solve issues as if you were a designer, that works just as fast as any process. Yeah, but we're not conceptual. Like, how does that even work? But then again, advertising is old. They refuse to change. The model's broken. So, I do. <laughs> I do think the model is broken. It's so it's broken. Animal. What is what is next? Yeah, like that's that's what I wanted to like. What what's next? What do you think? It's I, I mean, my personal theory is 
It's going to be smaller agencies mm-hmm. because smaller agencies are going to be tried. They're going to try to mimic collectives. Yeah. In the form of what they call incubators. So the thing is, you can have ten people do what a fifty-man shop can do. Yeah. And do it better because guess what? You're nimble. You're smaller. You have more creative people, and you know each other. Exactly. Think about why, like we talked about before, you have collectives where agencies are trying to work with them to get these brands mm-hmm. to pair up and do cool Facts. things. So the the crazy part is when we're in meetings, we say we want to work with this collective, with this brand. It's like, why? Why don't we reduce the size of our people, mm-hmm. make it our solo collective, and work with the brand and get the shit done? Have that same chemistry, all that shit. Yeah. I mean, that's just how I look at it. Makes you wonder. What about you, Jay? What do you think? I think it, I think it's gonna be a bunch of motherfuckers like us mm-hmm. that grow up and decide not to follow that path mm-hmm. that a lot of people before us have followed. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say, like, I think, like, I'm already in in the mode of thinking, like, what's the way out, you know? Like, yeah. What's my way out of advertising? Is it is it poetry? Is it photography? Is mm-hmm. it film? Is it design in its true sense? Mm-hmm. Because, like, when I decided to become a designer, and I believe that was a decision I made, it wasn't something that just, like, out the world yeah i agree with that because like a lot of things like i create i feel like at work i feel like i don't truly stand for yeah yeah it's just sometimes it does feel like just a job so it's it's a paycheck yeah it's a yeah some people get a high office some people don't yeah i mean it could be fun it could be fun at some time exactly there's a lot of of points where you're like damn this is cool as shit like we'll make some cool shit we have the possibility Mm -hmm. the potential to make some cool shit and then you're like really excited and then shit goes shit gets watered down like a motherfucker yeah Oh yeah, it gets mm. watered down. They go, mm. and then it happens. <laughs> it happens though. It, it just yeah. It's like it just depends. Like I think it's two factors. It depends on what brand you're working on. It depends on who you're working with. Because the people we work with, they get it. They yeah. they generally get it. Mm-hmm. But before that yeah. time period, nah, it was just like you know what? Why are we doing this? Why am I here? I don't know nothing about golf clubs. Why? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what's pushing me to, to do, forward to do this? Right. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what it's like to work on the client side. Mm-hmm. If you were, like, on the client side for, like, Nike or for, like, Beast by Dre. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not Beast by Dre, but, like, Nike. I mean, I'm sure it's, like, hell on water, but, like, at least you know you're going to do something dope every day. Exactly. You know? It might take a while to get there, but you know like, it's going to it's gonna be worth it. Like yeah. A lot of times I feel like I'm doing something it doesn't feel worth it, so I'm more excited to do something on my own or like a side project that I feel like is going to be more successful and more beneficial towards me. It can be the same way, though, because yeah. you think you're about to go into work to do something cool, and then they put you on Jordan flip-flops, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you'd be like, uh, this, might, <laughs> this might not work. <laughs> they got me doing... Tennis balls. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> they you try. You want to be working on shoes yeah. and shit. You want to be working. They be like, or they'll be so vague with it. They'll be like, it sounds exciting. Then when they get all specific, it's like, that's not what I wanted. Yo, that's not what I wanted. Yeah, be like, oh, we want to do a campaign with tennis balls with Chance the Rapper. I was like, he probably don't even want to do this yeah. shit. Don't don't bring Chance into this. No, <laughs> like shit like that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Um, like, how you gonna convince Chance? But I. That I guess happen, <laughs> that should really happen. It do happen. I wonder how that Kit yeah. Kat commercial went down. 
Because I think he wanted to write that. I think he wanted to rewrite or he wanted to sing the K-Cat commercial or oh, something like that. Oh, Chance wanted to do yeah, it. Yeah, Chance okay. wanted to do it. I can feel that. Yeah. I can feel that. I like it. Because like, if he did the Arthur theme, I, I think that's kind of dope. I mean, it, it was good. It was genuine. It was yeah. just one of those moments where it's like, who the fuck sold this Exactly. Like, like, it had to be like a homie. You gotta like, be a good person to sell this thing. Yeah. But I guess that kind of leads to me kind of what my next question is uh what's been like something that's been rewarding but exhausting to you since the year started like mm-hmm. all right either one uh just being being in la in general yeah yeah oh really yeah yeah, been, yeah no has, has it been rewarding or exhausting it's been both rewarding and exhausting oh gotcha okay at the same time i know um la has just forced me to you know step outside my comfort zone yeah um did you like, see yourself in la before coming out here was I visited once, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I Mark's need crazy. to go back. Yeah. I need to go back. I need That's to go how back. I felt. Like, I felt like I got to LA on accident, because I wanted to be in New York so bad. I was in MAPE and everything. I, I enjoyed MAPE there, and then I, I just got in 72U, and that's what got me out here, and it still feels like an accident. Yeah. But I, it's been a, a, a happy accident. I feel like it was. I, I feel like I was supposed to, even though I don't. I don't know how I feel about LA still. Mm-hmm. I'm not Same. sure if I like it or if I dislike it. I feel like I was supposed to come here because mm-hmm. it's crazy. Because um, I came to visit mm-hmm. the Marcus Graham project, and then I decided from then like I want to be in LA. Yeah. And then, like right after our trip to LA, I found out that my mom was moving from Wisconsin, where I'm from, mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Uh, she was moving from Milwaukee to Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. and then they like kind of clicked at me like I need to be there. So like I ended up moving with her to Phoenix, and then just like applying, 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 and trying to get to LA. And then like out of nowhere, a phone call came, and I hopped on a plane and stayed at Anthony's house for a month and a half on a couch. Yep. And it just kind of like worked itself out that's that's always how it happens yeah it's just, and i was just like if it's I'm meant supposed to be, to be here like whether or not i feel it right now or mm-hmm. not like there's something in la that i'm supposed to you should tell find my way to you should tell them the story how you got here so i got out so i was applying for jobs mm-hmm. and i was like on application like 160 or something like damn that. i was like in the like almost i was through with it so I was like, after I had got an interview out in D.C. at an agency, they had flew me in, interviewed me, um, flew me in twice, actually, interviewed me. Then they ended up giving a position to somebody else. So mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do photography full time. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the garage. I had bought this chair from Goodwill. And <laughs> <laughs> How does it... <laughs> Does that tie into the story? It does. Okay, okay. I bought this chair from Goodwill because I was going to use it as like a prop for photography. And the chair needed some love. So I was like painting the chair in the garage. Mm -hmm. It's the summertime. It's like 112 degrees in this garage that I'm in. And I get an email like, are you in California? Mm -hmm. And I saw the email and I was like, oh shit. Like last time I did this. I said, no, I was, I'm not in California, but I can be in California. They were like, okay, well, just let us know when you get here. Mm-hmm. So I lied, and I was like, yep, I'm in California. I got a call about five minutes after I sent that email, and they were like, can you be here tomorrow? And I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and they're uh, like, can you be in L.A. tomorrow to start work? 
you'll only be working for four days. Where was so, this? Can you, or you don't want to say? It's where I'm at now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. I didn't really yeah. know. I didn't know. They know the story, so, too. Uh, yeah, they know. I told everybody about it. Now, I've been so, that way with places I've applied where I was like, oh, I can do this, but then it just didn't work out. Yeah, so I, so I said, yeah, and I called Anthony because Anthony's the one that referred me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they want me to come in tomorrow. And I was like, can I stay at your crib? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah. So I ended up finding a $30 spirit flight like 10 minutes after I got off the call. Actually, halfway through the call, I stopped listening to the person I was talking to because I was too busy trying to find a flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I found a flight. And then the rest is history. Like that week turned into two weeks, turned into three weeks, turned into a month. And then now I'm full time. Still here. So yeah. Yeah. And the motherfuckers to keep them. Yeah, it's but no, cool. no, no, no. He didn't tell you the real, the, the the real story. Okay, he didn't tell my side of the story <laughs> because the person who was he was talking to came to my desk and was like, "Oh, have you talked to Jay?" I was like, "Yeah," and they were like, "Oh, he moved out here about a week ago." I said, "Oh," <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Where does he stay?" I said, "He might be in Echo Park." And, like, <laughs> and she was like, "That's the address he gave me." Do you know exactly? I said, "Yeah, he in Echo. I don't know exactly oh. where, but he's in Echo Park. I know that for a fact." Damn. So he came out here the next day. I was like, "You got here?" He had like maybe one bag. Yeah. Because like, spirit, spirit don't play with those you know, those prices. He got here fast. Like, I tell you what, it wouldn't have been me. We're not not. Have yeah, I don't, I don't think I could have <laughs> done it just like on a on a whim like that. But like I was. I'm not gonna lie, I was gunning for him to come out here. I was, at the time, I think it was only me as a designer. Mm-hmm. And like 27 other art directors. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I don't take stress too well. I, I, don't, <laughs> no, I get a lot, I get very quiet when I'm stressed because I, I just basically don't talk to me. Like, that's how it's been this week where people just, what I hate personally is, this happens to me a lot of work, is people will ask me as soon as they send me an email, like, oh, did you get my email? And I'm like, nigga, I just got this email. I always yeah. say, like, if somebody asked me if, if I got their email, I was like, if you sent it, I probably got it. Exactly. I didn't respond. I'd be like, okay, you send the email. You yeah, that's, no, they'll, they'll just, no, they'll send it. Then it'll come straight to your desk and, like, ask, like, I just sent you an email. I'm, I'm just like, come on. No, that don't happen. Well, to me, it don't. That happens to me a lot. That happens mm-hmm. to me a lot. And I just say, if you sent it, I got exactly. it. Exactly. Just oh, leave me alone. No, like, no, I, no, I, no. I, I'm doing other shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, LA is a it's a blessing. Is, you can say the same has been like rewarding and uh, like one of the most rewarding awesome things for you. I think it's like LA has been a blessing to me just because coming from Tennessee, it's not. I mean, it's a lot going on, but it wasn't just where I just enjoyed like living. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like, and maybe this is just a little bit subjective, but growing up in Tennessee, I've always aspired to be in a bigger city. Mm-hmm. Because there's just a lot more going on, right? Mm-hmm. And my whole goal was after graduating in 2015 that I would go to at least five years, then go to LA. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But like, God has blessed me to come out here right off the rip mm-hmm. to do things that like I never thought I could do within a ten year span. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's like, how it happens. You gotta. Yeah. I'm and for me, I'm introverted. Like mm-hmm. I don't like people. Like, <laughs> I, I I mean, I have my like small group of friends. And it was really hard for me to like let them go for back at home, but like being out here, it's just like you 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 have an opportunity to enjoy every yeah. day. Yeah. Like I'm out here for real. Like I feel like I'm still in college partying, and like I never went to mm-hmm. college. Yeah, like just there's, for the there's fact, almost too much to do out it's here. It's too much to do. Yeah. It's, what what would be once a year in Tennessee is like an everyday out here. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what I love about it. Like, I can go back home and just sit there and be like, what's going on? Let's kick with my friends. Let's go to this kickback. Let's go to this yeah. same club party. But out here, it's like, someone's having a release. Someone's doing this. Yes. There's already this so much. Shop shop yeah. It's two pop-up shops. It's yeah. three pop-up shops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's just so much I love shit. that. Yeah. I love the so, fact. And not only that, but everybody is different. Yeah. Everyone's on their grind. Not everybody is wearing the same pair of jays. Not everybody went to the same club. Not everybody doing the same thing. It's just it's so fucking different. Mm-hmm. You do see a lot of the same people though if you walk down Melrose. You yeah. do, or, or <laughs> I feel like people just try to stunt. Like they, I feel like they try too hard sometimes. I yeah. mean, I think, but like when I came out here, people said this was a city for lames, and it's like to me, I don't really, care. I don't really subscribe to that. But like. The city of Langs is doing the most mm-hmm. and is living it up and having a great exactly. time. They're doing something. So like, yeah. if I'm in the city of Langs and the city of Angels, I'll take that over any city. Just got to find your place in the city of Langs. Right. That's, that's it. I don't think it's Langs. It's yeah. like, you know who you are. I think LA is one of the cities that you know who you are within a certain point in time. Because it's like, it's so big and there's so much to do. Like, you have to open yourself up. You have to be more willing to meet new people or you're going to be in this motherfucker lost. Like, yeah. when I first got out here, I had no friends. I had coworkers. Which I don't know about y'all. I differentiate, but like I I can say the same. Yeah, like there's some coworkers that I consider friends mm-hmm. now, but like when you first get out here, like I don't know who. Yeah, you like are. I don't really fuck with you like that. Yeah, yeah so I got friends. out here. L. A. was like Santa Monica, and like Venice. That was my L. A. Mm-hmm. Then I met y'all. I met Juwan. I met Mar. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Jay came out here. Like L. A. Became everything. Mm-hmm. Like. I got people to kick it yeah, with. It gets so much bigger, yeah. And it's just like, after that, I just met so many people. Mm-hmm. You know? It just expands. It expands. Yeah. But it don't. It, <laughs> it feels so... No, LA feels big and small at the same time, but there's just so many like new places to discover. Like, that, even, yeah, like even right now, there's a party going up on a Tuesday mm-hmm. when it's actually Thursday. That's happening right now. Yeah. It's just like those moments that can get you out the house. Mm-hmm. I cherish that. Like even like I was like if I wasn't doing this like uh, there was like a Samurai Jack screening at the Ace Theater. And you didn't tell me. I because I knew you weren't gonna do this podcast, so <laughs> that's the reason <laughs> I didn't tell you. That's some devilish shit. But it comes out. I think it, I think it premiered Saturday. But I don't have yeah, cable. I don't. I'm. I don't believe really there. Samurai Jack, Samurai the, Jack. The new season. You don't like animation, so you oh. don't care. Oh, that's what no. I mean. think they might do another. I think they're doing another one tomorrow. So that's see, fine. that's. That's the sh- It was a little savagery because I wanted y'all to come in. Like, that's I- cool. <laughs> we got a good podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, we could have talked about Samurai Jack. Yeah. The next podcast. Yeah, that's true. You didn't. The creator was going to be there too. So all that. Why would you yeah. do that? I don't know. Why in the... I'm in savage mode. I'm in savage mode. I think LA, it, in all of its glory and of all of the things there is to do here, mm-hmm. like it, it's still, you still get to a point when you're like, Am I doing like? Am I doing enough? And I think, yes, yes, yes. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's like that brings that brings out the power of mm-hmm. LA, and it brings out like even like I don't think it's just LA. It's just like being in a big city where it's, it's always popping and mm-hmm. there's always something going on. You are more hard on yourself, and you are more critical of the shit that you're doing. Yeah, you're just comparing yourself to other people. Yeah, yeah. you're you're comparing yourself to other people, and it's just making you want to do better for yourself mm-hmm. and I think it just pushes you to get to that point yeah yeah that, that, it's like that, a that challenge because you see people like I said before who's our age out here in LA and it's like the king and queen of art or the king and queen of like the club scene mm-hmm. like they are age exactly like, like how did they, yeah like, like how they can I, like how can I do that and mm-hmm. it's so so it ain't like we don't have the talent it's just like where do they start and how do they get here exactly 
So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's what I realized even with doing this podcast. Like, the key is just doing. Like, the, like the first step is just doing yeah. it. And then you just see where it lands, where it sticks. So, just get up and yeah, do it. Man. That's all yeah, you I can do. That. That's, my, that's my quote for the day. Just yeah. get up and do it, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I gotta put motherfucker in there. Hey, like, like, you have, like, a, a picture of Samuel Jackson or yeah. something. <laughs> Point at you. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. Just do it, motherfucker. <laughs> like, no, why hasn't he done Nike commercials like that? <laughs> because it's, it's too like, aggressive yeah. for the brand. Oh, fuck, <laughs> can you imagine a Nike commercial? <laughs> Oh, I mean, horrible. I mean, they were kind of aggressive with Charles Barkley, but he was like kind of mellow, like. No, yeah, yeah, have seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's room for Nike to do some shit like that. They just choose not to. You think you running? You ain't running hard enough. <laughs> Keep running. You think <laughs> motherfucker, you try to go at that speed? Run, run more. They just be like, run more. Nike. <laughs> I bet it would be the hottest commercial. <laughs> or run, motherfucker, run. <laughs> Just put it in some movie or some shit. Exactly. If they can make a spot with just Siri and it, it's fucking gold. Yeah. I'm sure you can send you L in there. Hey, Siri followed me on Twitter, by the way. Wait. Really? What? Her name like Susan Susan uh, Bennett or something like oh, that. Oh, the voice of Siri. Yeah. She oh, I, I didn't even know the voice of Siri. I didn't, I didn't know who the voice Yo. of Siri was. Shout out to Susan. She out here following. Shout out to Susan. Again. I guess. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Susan. Shout out Three to uh, Abstract. The 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 new documentary. On I feel Netflix. bad. I still haven't seen it because I was talking uh, last week. We were talking about it. I was talking about how I hated the billboard for it. Yo, because the billboard is trash. Tinker made me cry. Almost made me cry. Yeah. It didn't make me cry, but like I felt some emotion. If you watch his series on Abstract, where he talks about, I think it was the thirteen or like the ugliest Jordan to ever be made. Mm-hmm. He, was he like defends it. Going through uh-huh. some stuff. Like you ever been? You ever started making stuff where you were going through something and it either turned out really, really good or it turned out really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he was going mm-hmm. through. I was. I remember watching that. It took me back to when I was pledging for Kappa mm-hmm. and I was doing my senior project at the same time. Shit. I still came out with like a like a barely a B. Yeah. But like it was trash. Mm-hmm. And I was so mad when they were critiquing my work. I was like, "You don't know what I've been through." Exactly. No, that's the worst <laughs> when people like, like nitpick stuff on a uh, when you send it to be reviewed and like you're yeah. like, "I I know this." Like they're like, "You forgot stuff." So I was like, "I know. I just I'm just trying to give it to you, basically." Right. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just in there like, "Look, I gotta look." So I'm about to go. Look, I'm mad right now. Going through some shit. I'm not trying to hear about these periods, these these commas, this misalignment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me my gray and let me go. You get it. You know. You know what I was trying to do. Man, it's just y'all gotta watch it. He started crying and everything, yo. I think every creative makes them work this long. Yeah. Like an eight oh eight to their work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind moment where they just release and make a fucking hit or make a fucking mm-hmm. sloth. It's gonna be groundbreaking in some kind of way. I. How Alex <laughs> was trash. How dare you? Yeah, take that back. Trash. No. No. It's at the bottom. It's at the I, bottom of the list. I will not let you talk. That's not, that's the same shit Chance said and I kinda huh? no, Chance said that was that was his least favorite album. It's at the bottom. Why? Yeah. I don't it's not no, I, it's definitely my top three. It's definitely my top three. Top okay, wait, whoa, oh Lord, I'm about to have a heart attack in this motherfucker. 808 Heartbreak was not my favorite album, but you gotta give it respect. Yeah. That's when New Kanye was on. You the wouldn't list. even, you wouldn't have Drake, none of them names without. I think without, I only like two songs off of 808. All right, tell them, tell them. I like, the I like all of them. I like Robocop. Oh, Robocop yes. was hard. Yes. You gotta say, you better say amazing. You better say amazing. No, please. No, he better say. Amazing. You better say amazing. Oh, street, no, Street Lights is good. Yes. Street Lights is good. And that's it. 
Oh, we, Streetlights is good. Coldest Winter. Like I can. There's not a bad song. This is where you cut the the the, the podcast and we go straight to commercial and play <laughs> all 808s. Exactly. I love 808s. So give you a love, uh, yeah. But no, it was just like exactly. Yeah, like shit he like was that. going yeah. through some stuff, and it was ahead of its time. Like he lost his mom, all that shit. He lost yeah. everything. Yeah, damn it. I mean, I appreciate it. Like, I'm not going to say, like... No, I mean, you're right. I mean, not the greatest. I album. appreciate the art, mm-hmm. but, like, it's not the greatest thing he ever made. He made the greatest thing he ever made right after that. Dark Twisted Fantasy, yeah. That was the, that was the prelude. That's weird. Like, I still... I don't know. I I think I never appreciated the album fully because of the Good Fridays. Because all the songs were basically oh, yeah, out yeah, before yeah, the yeah. album came out. So, I was like... Yeah, yeah. I didn't really... I was like, sorry. Yeah, that's you not... You know, I think, to me, the best era of Kanye, of course... Aside from his like college dra- dropout late registration, I just think it's the 808 and Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. That is where we, that's where the pioneering yeah. began. You know, he, that's like the prime. Yeah, that's where he birthed Big Sean, Kid Cudi, ASAP, all mm-hmm. these people who bit off this sound or he created whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. That is when music fucking changed mm-hmm. for a lot of for a lot of people. Like I mean, he fell off with Yeezus. I don't know what he was going through. In that yeah, one. deconstruct. They say it was deconstructed. I don't care. That shit is cold. You like Jesus? I love you. Uh, it's not my it's not my favorite, but like, uh, what's the first song? The first joint with Daft Punk that that was hard. Uh, yeah, like he that. had a song with Daft Punk on Jesus. Yeah, uh, on site. That's what it's called. Uh, yeah, on site. That's yeah. They produced the first track. They did. Yeah, they did. Oh, I still don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Daft Punk. <laughs> on site. Oh, I'm mad I didn't go to that pop up. I missed the pop up. Yeah, we missed that. They gonna have a good year. I'm telling you. Yeah, I wish they were opening for Coachella. Yeah. yeah, I wish they were playing. Coachella playing all our Lady lives. Gaga in the building. Man, fuck Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was she talking about. jumping off a building and shit. <laughs> not, I mean, no, I was talking about the last podcast how uh, like, I would pay more for a Beyonce hologram than Lady Gaga. Yeah. Look, I'm not paying for nothing pretty to be They should have got the Migos. They should have got yeah, Gucci. Yeah, exactly. They should have got Gucci or they should have got uh, Rihanna. Uh, yeah, or, you're ratchet. Uh, I'm, you're ratchet. You're yeah. so ratchet. And they just had a little <laughs> Uzi come in with the yeah, 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 yeah. That was a ratchet uh, lineup, huh? Yeah, it was. like. Now, they kind of had to balance it out because they're like, oh, we got Beyonce, then we got Kendrick. So that's two black people right there. We can't have a, an, another one. We got to balance this out. Kendrick Lamar. What, Imagine, what's the other headliner? Imagine Dragons? I, I want to say Radiohead. I might oh, be wrong. Radio, okay. is, it Radiohead, Radiohead, is it Radiohead? No, no, no. Radiohead, Kendrick Lamar, Migos. How do they even sound to you? Kendra I mean, Sound. I fucks with Radiohead. Radiohead makes some good shit. Kendra Lamar, Radiohead. I don't listen to Radiohead, I'm not gonna lie. Kendrick, where's that album? SZA, where's that album? No, yes. Yeah, <laughs> SZA. Break it down, break it down. Where that album? You were about two weeks late. <laughs> I didn't watch. I, like I just seen all your tweets. You've been on uh, Beats 1 Other Tone. Give me, oh, we need this album. Why are you playing these games? You play all these games. She bad. <laughs> she bad, though. Mm-hmm. She is bad. I don't know what the overall she be wearing look like, but like she did this flip. <laughs> she did this flip. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Radiohead, Radio, uh, Lady Gaga, and Kendrick. Shh, don't talk about SZA. <laughs> I love SZA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna call out that her next album is supposed to be uh, entitled uh, A. Control. Oh, wait, what's it called? It was, it was called Control, but it's supposed to be A. She's oh. following the whole SZA thing because her first little EP was Shut the A. Fuck up. <laughs> Then the second one was Z, uh, which means it's supposed to be A, and she said it, but then she... It would make sense. Like, I would appreciate that closure. 
Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's closure. Uh oh. Uh, how would y'all describe y'all style in a fr- in a phrase? Hatchet. Uh, less is more. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, sure. that's what's up. Systematic beauty. I'll take those. Systematic beauty? Mm-hmm. You gotta. Uh... I kind of want to hear more about that. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, everything I do is based off the system. It's like. Okay. It's like a. It's, I guess it could. Oh, I see, I see where y'all coming from, but not like not like that. But like everything I do, my style is based off of like strategy and design grids and like abstraction mm-hmm. so like everything that i design has to me has to have a reason why and mm-hmm. it has to have a, like a strong purpose so like gotcha. everything i design has a grid system everything i have has a layout mm-hmm. like if you could pull back my work and figure out the columns or how i got to it then that's the beauty of it we're not gonna answer that phone call Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I think like the base of the premise of design and I think Jay may disagree with me we go back and forth all the time okay but like I think the really powerful designers start with such a strong template or not a strong template but like a foundation mm-hmm. and figure out a way to make the artwork so fucking great that you can't even see the natural grit they started out with mm-hmm. like you, you you have to like find for it like GQ they did a spread where they revealed all of their columns and their layout and this design, and it was fucking beautiful. Oh, it was that? yeah. I How long ago was that? That was about I think that was like two uh, two thousand sixteen when mm-hmm. they opened up their whole like design layout and the whole column was based off of that. And I think that would really inspire me to for my work is like, what could I do? How can I get my work to feel like it's so structured, but it's really not? Yeah, you know. Cause it's easy to put, you know, put something on there and, you know, dabble it up and do like a little effect. But like, I think the raw process of design at the root of it is like it starts based off the system and then you make it look good. Mm-hmm. I agree with that to a certain extent. I agree with it to a certain extent. I, I think the way I say mine is my shit like summed up in a phrase would be less is more is. Like, I really thrive off, like, negative space. Mm-hmm. And, like, I that's pretty much, like, all the shit I was taught in design school, um, that's the one thing that, like, stuck with me the most is less is more, less is more. And I went to a point where I, like, I could work on the grid. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the point where, fortunately, I got to the point where I could just see the grid without... That's how I feel system. a lot. That's how I feel a lot of times, too. Like, I don't even have to use a grid because I can see it before I want to do it. And I think a lot of times when me and Anthony butt heads on design mm-hmm. is where, like, he, he wants, like, and there's a lot of designers that do, do this. They want to know why after, like, every decision you make. And I mm-hmm. think, like, there's not all, I, in design, I feel like there's not always a why. I feel like the big the big moments and the big parts of the things that you do in design. The big yeah, the big question is why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. I'm why he's why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it, I think it works out beautifully, right? Yeah. It's like sometimes you may not need a system and need, need a reason why. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you just do it just to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how you are. You know, it's the beauty part. The beautiful part about it is it's design. There's a way to do something for everybody. And it's like some people like me, where it's like, 
everything I do is like, yes, creative, but it's a strategy to it. So when I sell it back to people, it's like, holy fucking shit. Like, yeah. How did he think to intertwine all of this together? Mm-hmm. And then there's other people who come together like, holy fucking shit. How did he make all this look so fucking great? It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's like always a left brain and right brain to approach it. But then again, if you work backwards, you can be like, yo, I did this. Let me look at this. Somebody asked me why. Oh shit, I can say I, this is why. Cool. Look at him. It, it almost feels weird having to explain your work though sometimes. Like, exactly. Like, especially why do I have yes, to tell you especially in interviews, like like say a job interview, for example, they kind of, they almost want to know like how did you get to this area or how did you get to wherever you uh the solution. But that's what I'm saying, like for me, that's super easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well I started with A, B, and C, create this system, then I looked into the reasons why we're doing this. So mm-hmm. for instance, if it's like Making a logo, it's like okay, what is the idea behind the logo? What's the behind, what's the idea behind the name? Who are we working with? Why yeah. did you come up with the name? What's the color theory? What color do you see for this brand? It's like I asked a lot of questions before yeah, I get started, right. mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm like, okay, I can pick apart what you're doing. It's like you're you're creating like a strategy for it. Mm-hmm. Then I design. Some people can't get those questions. It's hard to ask questions when people are starting a brand or That's build true, a logo. Yeah. It's like uh, I just want a nice logo. With like some hair, and I wanted like a big butt. I said, "What? Why the big butt? <laughs> you gotta have a big butt." And it's like, is, is you like thick women? Are you talking? Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, what's the why? And a lot of people don't give you that why. Yeah, they don't. So you just gotta, gotta make something. It's got. Yeah, it's gotta make sense. Like at the end of the day, it's gotta make sense. That's fair. I mean, it don't gotta make sense. It's just gotta be like, why are you doing it? Like, just why are you flat out doing it? If you want a logo with a big butt woman and like thick hair, and I've had a project like that. <laughs> Why? Like, why? And it's just like, I just want it. It's like, okay, well, shit, I'll just give you what you want. Yeah. And you can't argue. You can't argue back. I mean, have, have there been times where you almost try to solve it in like an abstract way? Like, say, there's like an abstract of this of this big booty or something. All yeah. the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you got two types of people, right? You got two types of people who will buy into abstraction. It's two people who just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, it just, it just depends on how you sell it in. Yeah. Like, my biggest issue, and I'm still trying to work, thank God for advertising, is like, how do you sell it in? Like, if I make two square boxes come together, make it look like a, like a rectangular box butt, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a heart now. Mm-hmm. You love this big butt for a reason. So I turn this big butt into a heart, and there you go. That's your logo for your brand. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can see it. I see the, the thickness, and it turns to a heart. My brain is legs. Right. And it's like, there you go. Right? It's a shitty logo, but that's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah. And I hate giving out shit. That's how I feel like with, like, uh, like working sometimes at jobs. Like, they almost want this cheap solution. I kind of wanted something that was a little deeper, a little more abstract. They just want something like, oh, just take me here. Just take me just across the street. But I'm trying to take you to, like, the other side of the country or something. Trying to take you back to Africa. Exactly. Trying to take you back to the motherland. Trying to school your ass. But you don't even want to go back to the motherland. You want to stay somewhere in purgatory in the middle of the sea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where you went with that But okay Uh, Wait one last question We'll talk about shit that went on this week Uh, Creatively what what do you want to do better Like what do you like uh, What's a personal goal That like each of you have for yourself Like maybe this year What do you want to What do you want to accomplish by the end of the year It's March So yeah Or uh, or, Yeah where were you Yeah go ahead I would say Um when I first started, when I first started out the year, I wanted to do uh, fifty-one 
photo shoots, mm-hmm. like one photo shoot a week. Um, I haven't done that, <laughs> truthfully. But I want what I what I want to do is end up doing fifty photo shoots before the year is over. Mm-hmm. And just get myself more comfortable in that space. Got you. Um, Why fifty? How many are you, are you at any right now, or do you? I'm at like five right now. Got you. And I really want to like kick into a new gear with a new with like the weather's nicer. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, the rain like, has been yeah definitely. The rain has been fucking yeah. everything up. Like I did a shoot like a week and a half ago, and it was raining the whole day, so I had to like cancel it. And then we had like brought it back, and then it started raining in the middle of the shoot, so I had to cancel it again. So, but like that's one of my goals gotcha okay I'm over here trying to get a new film camera and get back into the swing of things yeah but I mean outside of that I mean I got just primarily two I mean one get a film camera and start shooting again um just because I feel like film is where it's at for me I'm yeah I've been seeing like Issa. what's been what's been inspired you to, to do film I mean Issa Rae just killing it yeah on, have you been, like yeah. the low key low budget production of of all her stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Giants, her new... I still series. haven't watched that. I, it's, it's fairly good. I subscribe to it. I see, like, all my subscriptions, but I still haven't clicked it's on it. It's fairly good. It's, pre- it's it's okay. It's it's not, like... It's not groundbreaking to me, but I think it's, like, it's something there. And then her uh, HBO... Um, her HBO series... What's, what's the name of it? Insecure. Insecure was out of this world. Uh, yeah, today. I can't wait for season two. And then, just out, on top of that... Um, the girl who shot the, the uh, quality spot, I can't remember her name right now, and then um, Joseph Khalil, Khalil, she just did a, she did a few videos for Frank, she did this other spot for Kenzo recently, it's just like, it's so much experimental filmmaking going on right mm-hmm. now, it's like, yeah, that's, experimental is my style, mm-hmm. and I want to push that, that, that range for me in, in the world of film, and I think I can do it, I just, one got to save up a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but like that's where I'm. That's where I'm headed. I went to school for motion, so it was like it makes oh, sense. Nice. It makes sense for me to go into that space and mm-hmm. like just do it up. You know, I didn't get a traditional film background. I got motion title design, mm-hmm. more so the background. But like, that's what I want to do. I just want to shoot at least one short. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to be something just expressive. Yeah, yeah I can like, see you doing that. Yeah. Just I mean, like it just that. it's fun. It's like we're in a we're in a space where like it's about being experimental and just doing something mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like people like we can't be really you. afraid yeah like what mercedes benz did with um asap yeah recently get 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 a job yeah. that mm-hmm. whole film look them up it's like joseph gustavo or some guy like that mm-hmm. he's like at um some agency rep company overseas work is fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. it's just good mm-hmm. you know um, so I'm just going into that space and then on the back end side, I mean, career wise, I'm at this weird space of learning how to do strategy. It's just fun. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like, it's just really, really fun. And it's like, shout out to KJ, my like, sis, my like big sister, or not my big sister, she's like a mom figure mm-hmm. almost. She's so smart how she can piece yeah. stories together based off of like, not even like hard data, you know. Mm-hmm. She she's like one of those people who can take little bits of information, and she feels how the world is feeling, and produces that into like a really dope and sound strategy. And like I've been l- learning under her, and I've picked up a lot of traits, and it's helped me creatively to understand like why am I doing this and what for what purpose. But 
for me right now, I think this is the year where I'm starting to make that transition from not just being a creative, but like being a creative strategist, like figuring out what makes sense. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, that's where I'm kind of at. It's, it's, a, it's been an interesting journey. It's been a stressful journey. Yeah, like it's only, you're only in March 9th, so damn. Screw that. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess I should go too. All right. What about you? Uh, definitely this podcast is something I've been wanting to do. Like I've been saying for like a year and a half, I wanted to do a podcast, and I I listen to them. I'll say like eighteen hours in the day. So like if I'm not listening to music, I'm definitely listening to a podcast. Uh, and I just want to do more more topical st- stuff. Like I always see all these topical things, like on Hypebeast or uh, Urban Complex, like. As much as I have a love hate relationship with Complex, it'd be great to just have something on there to get exposed in a way. You can't say love hate. You want them to expose. I, you. No, I mean <laughs> no. I have a love hate for the content, and but I still love them so much. Like I like to this day, I still want to work for them. I like I. It's the hoodie that you have on. Oh, the, oh <laughs> uh, yeah. damn! That tells that tells you how much of a stand I am. Uh, like uh, <laughs> even with because uh, I even did some cool animations uh, around Christmas, like the. Uh, the Twelve Days of Kanye. So I want to do more stuff like that. Like I have uh, an idea for for Migos for future, mm-hmm. and just having time outside of work to actually work on the character animations. Because I think I've been having this resurgence of what I used to be into in high school. Just uh, being like the Boondocks definitely really inspired me, and still to this day to uh, to do like to do comedic cartoons mm-hmm. and everything. So that's the direction I want to go in. Even film too. Uh, it'd be fun to do I don't even know what it would be for but it'd be fun just to write a screenplay or something or do something funny yeah, after yeah. seeing what Donald Glover did, did with Atlanta oh. and everything yeah how are you good at everything exactly that nigga's too good like it doesn't make yeah. any sense how you go from I'm not a rapper to I'm not a rapper to to doing community mm-hmm. to going to being an actor being on Star Wars to being like now that nigga's Simba. That nigga, that nigga's Simba. How do you now. become Simba? <laughs> that nigga is Simba now. Like, how do you become like a, not a rapper and then become a lion? Yeah. Like, isn't that like a beautiful story? Like, I think it's great though because everything at the core, he's still a writer because everything kind of branches out from his writing abilities. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's, I, that's good. That's yeah, good that, that's how I see it. Because he's he he yeah. steered away. Yeah, from he, anything. yeah. He says that a lot. Like a lot of it is basically the same. Like he doesn't even feel like he's doing. He's trying different things. But how good of a writer do you have to be? Yeah. To make an impact in hip hop, to make it well, not impact in hip hop, but to have a foot in hip hop, mm-hmm. to reemerge the Funkadelic scene to create a TV series that's going for season two and a new entire property exactly. on HBO. Yeah, like... And then you're in movies. Like, you gotta be a good ass, right? Yeah. He, I don't know what he told I mean, he was, I mean, he was in college when he was still, when he was writing for 30 Rock, so that's crazy. Like, he was still an RA when he was writing for 30 Rock. That's... It just shows you, like, if you, if you stick to the core of who you are and how you produce stuff, you can go far. Yeah. You can essentially like, you ain't got to worry about going up the ladder. You just do it. Yeah, you just got to stick to it and, not, and be fearless. Yeah. got to be fearless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, let's talk about some topical shit. Let's talk about some... Let's uh, talk about how Nicki Minaj failed this beef. I still haven't heard it, so... Okay, I won't talk about it. No, we... The you want to you wanna have, like, a live reaction to it? You want me to have a live reaction to it? I mean, you can, you can have a reaction to it if you want to. All right, I'll let I think it's just easy. I think it's easy. Now, I was reading this article, right? 
they were saying the the modern beef, the winner is determined by the internet and not by the bars. That's a good point. And I and you know why I fuck with that? Because that makes sense. If you can make a club hit or you make a meme that's funny and it lasts, you fucking win. That's basically how you yeah, fucking win. Like I feel like the Drake memes they were, they were like fuel to the fire when he was when he was just was. lighting him up. It was, yeah. it was fuel to the fire and then he released two club songs. Mm-hmm. And it went fucking chaotic. Exactly. He didn't really say anything that was just That like, nigga projected those memes during the OVO fest. That was that's incredible. What I'm saying. That it's was incredible. Like, what world do we live in where we don't care about the bars? We mm-hmm. just like, oh, give me a club hit. And I can say that all, like, over, over and over and over again. Yeah, give me a head, give me a hook. You know Anyone what I'm saying? Free Meek shirt, we ain't gonna Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, the, it's so weird, because back in the day when we were younger, we, like, we would listen to the, just listen to the bars mm-hmm. back and forth. And now it's like, who got the best memes? Mm-hmm. Who got the best, like, like club hit? Like, I believe Nicki Minaj could have won this beef if she would have came out with a really dope Really badass club song. Mm-hmm. Cause you say you're in a club and you're saying it all over again. Because a lot of people just being like Remy who like a lot of people didn't even know who Remy was. Well, how I you like, like? I feel like I know hip hop pretty well, and I just feel like Nicki Minaj is trash. She is trash. She's gone too far. Gone yeah, yeah, she's just become quite pop, very pop. Yeah. But do you okay? But that's cool. If you pop, be pop. Yeah. Like take advantage of that. Like mm-hmm. use that. Like. Be that. But you, you, can't, don't, you can't come as queen of hip hop. This, this is a rap battle. Pick shit. a lane. You gotta pick yeah. a lane. Trying to be multi dimensional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, she could have done some pop shit that had some hip hop influence and she would have won the beat. Exactly. That's all she gotta do. She just, like, I don't even know anymore. Like, it's just weird. Because it's like, you came out with this, it's like, no no flaws, no no frauds. And it was just like, you didn't say anything. She dropped three songs tonight. They all were trash. trash. <laughs> three songs. Yeah. yeah. Were trash. Two of them had Lil Wayne in them. One of them, Drake, was on it. And he had the best verse on the song. Uh, and the other one, she was just singing. And yeah. it was trash. No tears. And some stuff yeah. Like I remember. I'm, I'm, I, hope she's not, I hope she's not going back to that dumb Starships phase. That was why. That's exactly what it sounded no. like. No. Sorry. That. Hey, it had to be her. Oh, child. Oh, get the fuck out of here. All right. What else you got? What else I got? All right. No, I want to talk because I I was hurt today because, all right. Okay. No. In a a creative way because, all right. Masculinity is the most black man's toxic. Be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently. Do y'all believe that? That's BS. No, I think that's the one thing I liked about Moonlight was that it actually, it encouraged, uh, encouraged vulnerability. Uh, for black men, like I don't think I've ever seen a movie like that because it took me a while to actually get Moonlight. Because the first time I saw, it, I was like, "This is it. It's a simple ass movie." Yeah. All right. If you were if you were uncomfortable in Moonlight, you were like, you you might have had some like deeper issues. Mm-hmm. With yeah. If you were uncomfortable with yourself. If mm-hmm. you were uncomfortable. But is that true though? That, I just want to challenge that because what I liked about Moonlight is that the awkwardness was the new suspense. Cause like every moment. That's was, how I feel about Get Out too. Cause and what I'm yeah. saying, it just was awkward, and I feel like to me, I was comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. It just in there, like I'm really watching this. And yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Like this is just that. That's just the like how they did it. It was great. Yeah. It's like that's the new suspense. Like make people feel awkward and, because this is the fucking truth. It is the truth. We live in an awkward world. We live in a yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think that was powerful. Oh, but yeah. What I wanted to talk about was that uh, this is like. 
this was the 20th anniversary of when Biggie died. Oh. And one thing that came up was the artwork for that new Faith Evans Biggie, uh, Biggie album. And I just didn't like it. It just looks terrible to me. Yeah, it's just... It looked terrible. Like, uh, have y'all seen it? Have she seen had, it? I think Lil C's had it. Had, had little C's do it on Photoshop. Exactly. That shit looks so fucking <laughs> ugly. Like, I didn't even have this, like, that's what I want to do with the podcast. So I want to talk about just better ways we can make a, we can make trash ideas look better. So I thought it'd be dope if, uh, if she was wearing a coochie sweater. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that shit would be tight. Uh, if she wore like a coochie sweater or something, something to pay a better homage. But that. If the wall behind her. Exactly. Real, like, that sh- have you seen it? Have you, se- have you seen it? Like, that looks. That shit looks trash. I mean, I mean, you can clearly see the drop shadow, like the clear drop shadow behind behind Faith. Let me see. Like it's just a clear, just drop shadow, and yeah, that's like. What? It's not even like a natural drop shadow. Exactly. I feel bad that somebody had to make that, and um, but yeah, just uh, different things like that, and I just wanted to shout out just different people that did cool shit this week. Like, there's this guy, uh, Darius Moreno. He does... Have you seen all the Gold Link's new shit? Like, the... Yeah. yeah, like, he's the one that does his stuff, like, with the new song he did today with Kitchenada and Jasmine Sullivan, and even there's even an animated music video for it, and I thought that was really dope, so... I love Jasmine Sullivan. I don't know that Where much about it. I don't know. I, I got to almost mistake her, mistake her for Chrissette Michelle. I feel bad. They, they <laughs> and, here, though. And, sometimes. They sound yeah. like sometimes. But she had she had like those connects with Missy Elliott. That's what like put her on the top. Like that like that new Jasmine. Like that yeah. like that ad lib. Like she should have ran with that. That's like that's like K Michelle and Keisha Cole. Like, mm-hmm. they like I the, still get them. They like the same. Thing. <laughs> they <laughs> the same and you can't tell me if Keisha Cole and K Michelle are not the same. Person. Yeah, basically they basically are. I let's talk about some some like because uh, we we're talking about there's so much stuff in LA. Like what's some creative shit that y'all have done recently? Like an, like an event or. Something, uh, something inspiring that you went to in LA. Um, I went to an art gallery not too long ago. I forgot the artist's name. Um, it was. I think it was. I think there's many ways that things can inspire you. Mm-hmm. It could be like, cause this shit was so good, mm-hmm. this, it really inspired me, or like, this shit was so trash. Like, I can do this, mm-hmm. right? inspiring and it was the latter. yeah yeah i never thought about that yeah it's either way it can be either way yeah so like it was the it was the latter like this shit that shit was trash mm. it was like the most and like i guess art is meant to provoke emotion mm-hmm. it's supposed to have somebody give their opinion and tell you what you think about it but i really thought it was like very lazy art mm-hmm. and it was all for monetary gain of somebody just trying to be famous or mm-hmm. trying to get somebody to spend $10,000 on a painting that wasn't even like even thought provoking. Yeah, I've never like, thought about that, yeah. So I went to a I went to a uh, art gallery and the work like the collection the, the nothing there was no work in particular that made me feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. The, co- the collection of work as a whole made mm-hmm. me feel a certain type of way and I was just like yo you could have did better than this mm-hmm. and it just like it motivated me to like get my ducks in a row and like figure my shit out and you know want to do better than what I saw mm-hmm. and I think that's it, it, that happens a lot you 
go see shit and some of it inspires you in a good way and some of it inspires you in a bad way and you just have to like decide what to do with it. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, like with that trash ass baby cover, I just gotta figure out a way to to just I that yeah that, that inspires you to just make things better in a way. That's I let's see something I done recently. I the Isaiah Rashad show I went to last night that was really cool. But the one thing I could complain about is that I wish there was more of a visual component to it because there's so many things that really that are really great about the album. Like people I, I think were involved with the art, like Blue the Great, mm-hmm. uh, he did the album cover. Uh, there's this guy Vlad, like he does a lot of the a lot of the TDE stuff. I want to interview both of them. That, that's like goal, that's a goal I'd like to do. Uh, Shout out, shout out, shout out. You're probably not listening. Shout out to Blue, the MGP. Yeah, yeah. Blue the Great is dope. All right. I'm mad I missed the show. All right. But all right, I wish there were more visuals because it was basically just a DJ and Isaiah at the show. And that was it. I wish there was more of a visual component or more of a story because definitely one of the best concerts I ever went to was uh, Charles Gambino's Deep Web Tour. Like, it was so interactive. There was an app. Even with Pharaoh, I was like, there was just this interactive vibe. And I think we're at an age where you have to have that interactive that interactive element for things to work. Like, you, like people are almost expecting that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, I mean, we just, we just did some work kind of deep diving into that space. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not, ex- it's not even, like, really expected. It's just like, that's what we, that's, that's what makes good art. Like, it does, how yeah. How far can you push your your production because at a point like we didn't we didn't have it like years exactly ago, like make know? me feel it like like uh like you want to have more than one sense of just seeing it or hearing it. you want to I mean, you want to like touch you want to mm-hmm. text you want to you want to do something that actually has an impact exactly. uh, not only on like the performance but on you like mm-hmm. i i mean i just feel like that's the to me, that's what artists should strive to do now. Cause I don't want to work in music. I want to work in like same, yeah, and like the strategy, but also like the creative part. And it's like coming out the gate, like you, what can you do at like a at like a grassroots level that does that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like nobody's gonna be able to create a VR three sixty app at um, uh, what's that? What where child child is performing at? Oh, Joshua Tree. Joshua, Joshua Tree. Yeah, like, like would have thought of that. Yeah, like you got SZA out here making a whole website. Yeah, that's that website press, was dope. You press the buttons and it made like a noise or to the beat. That website, was you know what dope. I'm saying? It's just stuff like that, and it's just like it makes you appreciate the work more. Yeah, you know, it's just like, and it depends on who's on your team too. Like, mm-hmm. you just gotta have a good, good backup team that can like push your thinking. Because most people are like, I want to put out an album, put out a mixtape, and share it on social. And it's like, no, you gotta do way more than that. To yeah, be seen. exactly. Like the new, like the mixtape era is like coming back mm-hmm. in a new light where it's like I got a song on Spotify listen to it that's like old mixtape everything yeah how do y'all feel where basically like a mixtape is almost an album now like it's almost in that same element uh, like just the presentation and the build up to it it's almost in that same I feel like it should be yeah I feel like looking at the industry it's just like now seeing some artists don't put their all into the album they put yeah. in more into the mixtape yeah we're at a point lot. where everything counts basically yeah, yeah it's like every little ounce of music matters mm-hmm. it's like everybody know the album is gonna probably go through the Oscar not Oscar through the Grammys probably mm-hmm. get snubbed and you're gonna be compared to everybody else but like your mixtape doesn't even really matter yeah. your mixtape is like this is who you are and this is where you're rooted in and this is your sound mm-hmm. and fuck what everybody's got else to say fuck what the corporation have to say this is what you're doing you know, I feel like people should put more emphasis on that than the album. 
Fuck you and your corporations. Y'all niggas can't control me. Yeah. I'm just interested to see how, like, this whole, like, independent artist movement, where it's going to end up. Yeah, with Chance and everything. Yeah. Chance is really paving the way. Yeah. I wish it was more than Chance, though. I wish there was, like, another artist that was, like... Who do you see? Who else do you see? Like, I... I mean, ain't Frank independent now? Yeah. Yeah, Frank is independent. Frank is independent. What about Sanfa? Is he not? I... I have no idea. Hmm. There's somebody else with him. He's in the UK, so he's doing his own thing. Uh, or that kind of leads me to another question I got. Uh, around, just around the whole concert thing, what's probably been the last album experience that you've had? Or or what's the best album experience that you've had? Best album experience? Uh, I don't know. What, what define album experience? I like from start to finish. I can listen to it and then I have another video. No, watch. no, the presentation wise because I do y'all do y'all listen to do y'all read I uh, DJ Blues articles? DJ Blues sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like yo, like yo, he recently dropped an an article. Shout out yo, I I don't know you, but I kind of hope I can interview <laughs> you. I don't know that nigga, but I but he he wrote this really good piece about how there's just decline in I. Uh, in album booklets and how just yeah, the whole presentation yeah, drops. Yeah. So when's the last album experience you've had like that, like with the packaging and or even like a concert experience like that? What's been what's been the best? What's been the last or the best experience you've had that way? Um, I think the last experience I had with an album opening was um, J Cole's album. Oh, the one that just dropped? Um, no, the twenty fourteen Four Seals drop. Mm-hmm. That was the last experience I've had with an album in a physical copy mm-hmm. but like I think the most notable experience I've had with an album in general mm-hmm. will probably be Nelly's Nellyville really yeah oh wow and it came out in the time where I was just like super a super big Nelly fan mm-hmm. and like everybody wanted to like have the bandaid on their face yeah like rock that John and then it was like <laughs> like that was just like a peak of my childhood mm-hmm. where I just felt like you know it just created so many good memories mm-hmm. from it, and the the album was just fire. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. I guess if, we, if we're going back like that, probably like one of my notes, one or at least one of the first ones I remember was definitely the like Mike soundtrack. I remember I used to be really into that movie. <laughs> oh I used to be really into that album. We're showing our age. No, <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. I'm trying to be vulnerable here, nigga. I'm trying to be, <laughs> I'm trying to be vulnerable. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> Trying to kill a nigga, nigga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just remember the booklet, the packaging, because uh, I was so into that movie. I, um, and um, it was just really great. Just, uh, just seeing all your favorite basketball players just chill and just, uh, it was great. Mm. And what about you? Man, it's been a minute. Oh, but if I can't talk about one in the future, I'm I'm hyped for the I'm experience with uh, Awaken My Love, the the VR experience. That's gonna be tight. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting. For that's that. gonna be t- yes, it is, Jay. It might be. It's, I, I already place. bought it. That almost trash. Man, fuck. Oh, you. how dare you? Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, that shit. But I mean, you had to feel it when it was on Get Out. Like when you when they played Redbone and Get Out, you were like, oh shit, yeah. That's the only song on there that's like decent. I I say it's the let best. Me tell you what he, let me tell you what he messed up at. What. 
he should have not put his best two songs out as a single. That is true. That is what he messed up at. Because there are yeah. no other songs on that album that can compare to those two singles. Expectations were kind of high after the after the end. Hella high. After Red Bone, you're like, damn, this is gonna be such. It a was game. hella high. I can I admit that. Mad. I can admit when that. I, first, I can admit when that. When I first got the album, I called it trash. I will. Ex- I will admit that yeah. because my expectations were so fucking high. Mm-hmm. And then when you sit back and you listen to it, it's like, okay, it's smooth. Yeah. But those first two songs came out, I mean, we bumped that exactly. every day. Yeah, I fuck with Redbone. Yeah, Redbone is like peak. Uh, like, yeah, Redbone's peak. Where he fucked, where I think he fucked up at mm-hmm. was trying to perform it live. Oh, yes. He <laughs> <laughs> was just testing the shit out. <laughs> but he knew he auto-tuned all that. No, he did. No, he he literally no, threw his voice. He throws he yeah. throws his voice. I think on he those. did that. I think it, that just wasn't the right time. For yeah. Him to do it. Oh, when he did yeah. that shit on Fallon. That's yeah, what you mean. Yeah, Fallon. Oh yeah, that was it was a little shit. Sure, whatever. That's still my nigga though. Yeah, yeah, he's still cold. He's cold as hell. That's the, exactly. He just can't perform that motherfucker live. But no, I mean, best album experience that I had. You know what? I I will. I'm I'm a chalk I'm a chalk it up to Frank. I'm a chalk it up to Frank. Which album? The last one. Uh, both the last albums he put out. The fact that we all tuned in to watch him build a staircase for almost two weeks straight. <laughs> straight up, that's real. That was like, really cool. That is some psychological, yeah. real powerful creative work. I still think Endless is better than Blonde. I like Endless better than Blonde. I do too. Uh, <laughs> they all... Yeah. I, just, I think like his whole like magazine... Yeah, but we probably not gonna get a magazine too. No, we're not. No, you did you you never you didn't buy it on Black Friday? Yeah. No, I didn't buy it on like Black Friday, but uh, I got it. No, I mean I got the magazine yeah. off that sale on mm-hmm. the website, but I'm saying like I want to see what the magazine issue number two would look like. Oh yeah, that's true. Like because don't come up with a zine and talk about issue one and you're gonna have an issue two. I mean just say you've got one zine. That's all a booklet. I mean Oh yeah, that's true, because that does kind of build it's I'm like, like I'm waiting for an issue too, because I know I'm gonna hop my pretty ass up out the bed and buy that shit. <laughs> it's like when you buy when you get a movie and they like they say the first part one and then you're like, where's part two? Exactly. But I think like that whole experience to me was fucking god awesome. It's just like being able, like, waking up and somebody tweeting, oh, he's playing a piece of his music, and we all go to the whole yeah. website to mm-hmm. watch it, knowing he's not going to release it, is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then how he released the the um, the premium one, where it's, like, the booklet and the whole, like, cassette shit that yeah. was in the, um, in the magazine stands. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And the artwork was pretty good, too. It is, yeah. So, like, I think that whole experience was, like, I waited in line. I watched every moment he was on Apple iTunes. Mm-hmm. And I listened to them. I got the album on day one. I mean, that's that's the experience of anything. That's even one thing I love, too, like, with the internet is that how everything just becomes so universal. Like, with when Kanye dropped uh, Life of Pablo and it was just one, like, global listening party. Mm-hmm. That was great. It's, like, moments like those that mm-hmm. I feel like, yes, they are, like, the top two percent of their industry mm-hmm. but it's like what is the what is the process that they go through to think of that mm-hmm. how did frank ocean know that people were millions of millions of viewers will watch him build a staircase of a fragmented video then come out and release the video and says the album uh, a video album like what are you thinking of to do that because you got you got people watching this he doesn't know his niggas love frank yeah and then besides Frank's experience. I mean, the last like are we going old school. Yeah, just yeah, like or maybe like a, mo- a memorable one for you. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what Daft Punk. 
Because Daft Punk did those little animation videos. Yeah, I, I kind of remember them. I, I didn't get into Daft Punk until college. That was 10 years ago, bro. It was 10 years ago. Yeah, I didn't get into Daft Punk until... Like, I didn't so, even know what Daft Punk was until college. Yeah, I didn't know what Daft Punk yeah, was. Yeah, like, someone was like, what is... Yeah. He had, they had that party. They had that party song. One more time. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. And it was, like, this whole, like, anime video. And I was like, oh, my God. Is that the one where they had, like, a cameo? Like, yes! I've seen the cameo. I haven't seen the whole... It was, like, this though. whole, like... 80s, 90s anime video with one more time. And I was just like so fucking blown away. And things when they point out to me that they only drop every 10 years. Every 10 years. That's an experience. Wait, they do? Daft Punk only performs every decade. So this is 2017. Last year, well, no, not even last year. Didn't they do some shit for uh, South by? Around, I want to say like. I think so. No, I think they just announced the album. That's so 2017, they're doing something now. Like going tour for their own shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. So remember last time they done something was with Pharrell, and I believe in 2007. Get like it was not 2007. It was like, yeah. Get like it was like 2013. Get like it had to be like 2013. Well, yeah, yeah. Get like it was like 2013, well, I, will, I might be wrong on that one, but they perform every 10 years. Like their own shit. Oh. Like not anything else. So like, or when the weekend comes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's how they reemerge. Yeah. When they reemerge, they partnered with somebody who's hot. Now, mm-hmm. Pharrell, when they reemerged with him, he was on his shit. Mm-hmm. And they came back and they did like a little snippet video, and then they were hot. That joint was. Now, bad. 2016, when Weekend came back, cut his hair, did all that. You notice that one small painting in the video. They were like standing there. That was like, dope. Yeah. We're, we're here, and in 2017, they're about to drop a whole world tour. Mm-hmm. That's how they do it. And I think that's fucking smart because if you really look at what they're doing Daft Punk can literally die tomorrow and they can replace somebody in the mask and keep performing that in is, 10 decades that's fucking genius as a brand like like that's so one thing nobody knows who they are for exactly nobody knows who they, they know who they are but they've but they never seen never them unmasked yeah they've never seen them unmasked so imagine so imagine if you were born today yo that's fucking genius if you were born today and then 10 years later say for instance somebody on Daft Punk team dies you will never know who they are as a 10 year old and if they're bumping, they can replace somebody in their mask, and they'll be like still living. They they will never die. They will never die. That is that's a, that's incredible. That's what how I shoot. Yeah. If I was in the strategy team, I say you are not dying. Find your next replacement. <laughs> but that's yeah. they, they have longevity like that. Speaking of that, have y'all heard of Michael Trapson? Michael Trapson, inform me. There, <laughs> there is there is a, a trap version of Michael Jackson that goes by tra- Michael Trapson. Is this and some 23 Savage shit? Some 22 no, no, Savage shit? No, it's, it's uh, like he has a song, uh, Billie Jean and I Dab. some Fruit Punch shit. Not Lemonade, Fruit Punch. It's, it's called like, Bill, he has a song called Billie Jean and I Dab, and he's got he's got a huge Instagram following. Oh, no. Yeah. Why, Great. Would, you, why would you disgrace the legacy like I that? I don't know. Let's talk about, wait, let's talk about how today's modern artists don't give a fuck about the past artists. Like, who was that... Was it YG that said he was better than Tupac? No, that was uh, no, that was Joey Badass. That was Joey Badass. Joey Badass said that. Yeah, Joey yeah. Badass said that. Yeah. Excuse me, excuse me, YG. No, might be better than Tupac. Oh my. I mean, oh, Joey Tupac, Badass yeah. might be better than Tupac. I think he might be. I don't think he'll have a bigger cultural impact than Tupac. Yes. I don't think anybody would yes. ever have a bigger cultural. Because like, yeah, Tupac was more of an icon oh, than a rapper. Oh Lord Jesus. But Tupac wasn't all that great of a rapper. He wasn't. He was. That nigga was an actor. Oh. He had like fifteen albums, bro. I literally only listened to like three of them. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> But, my ears. 
Biggie. Wait, so you think he's bigger than he's better than Biggie? Is that what you're saying? Or? Tupac is better than Biggie? Yeah, is that, is that what you're saying? I've always been a Biggie fan. Uh, Sorry. Biggie had some bars. Biggie I, does I, have I bars. I play his albums today. Lay him rest in peace. But thank you, Jesus, for giving us that music. He was flowing. He was flowing. Y'all gonna see that Tupac movie? I mean, I, 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 might, straight? Uh, I, I don't know how, I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's kind of cool that what's face from the walking dead is plays, is playing her mom, is playing his mom. That's cool. Who is? All right. All right. Michonne. Michonne really? Yeah. Michonne's playing his mom. Ah, that's funny. Yeah. There, as a black man, you have a foot, you have a target on your back. I'm about to look at yeah. her. Like, look it up. That's her. Yeah, yeah. she plays uh, Tupac's mom. Michonne, Tupac mom. That's what I'm about to Google. All right, but yeah, I, I still need to watch The Walking Dead. I haven't, I haven't watched it since the second half started. I miss Candle tonight, y'all. That's on, it's on Hulu, right? Yeah, I got Hulu, though. I'll be straight. Yeah. Oh, last season, Workaholics, too. I need to catch my Workaholics. Who? Workaholics? I ain't seen it. You've never seen Workaholics? I sure haven't. It's I'm like so three three white boys from the valley, but they're funny. I'm so trash. Like, <laughs> uh, like have you seen like you've seen Dope, right? Yeah. Uh, like the the white dude with they that says nigga. He's one of the he's one of the guys from Workaholics. But what else are we oh, let's talk again about did you find it? She looked way different outside. That's a wig. That's that's a that's a, uh, that's a wig for the walking dead. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. But she looks way different. Yeah. Alright. Oh, let's talk about the... What were we saying about the ASAP Mercedes-Benz commercial? So, the ASAP Mercedes-Benz commercial. Like, I, I just want to talk about it like a few more. days ago. Yeah. And so, like, oddly enough, it's Mercedes-Benz and, like, ASAP. So, I was like, how in the hell did you tie mm-hmm. this together? Well... Yeah, talk about it from a strategy point. Cause, I don't want to yeah. talk from a strategy <laughs> point. Because people like, no, you're probably fucking wrong. Who cares? I don't give a damn. The whole premise is like, get a job, right? And it starts out with him like saying like, you can be whatever you want when you're young. You can mm-hmm. be like whoever the fuck you want to be when you're young. But like as you go through life, there are like barriers that narrow down your pathway, right? And kind of as he was growing up or kind of what he was doing was like, he really didn't know what he wanted to, it just seemed like he did not know what he wanted to be at a young age. And he just heard this beat. Like, it's just, like, that light at the end of the tunnel that kind of steered him to, like, this way. And he didn't know what, he didn't know what it was mm-hmm. until, of course, his brother died. Yeah. And then that was just, like, that go-to to do, to, to, to find your job, to find your calling. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it made you successful. And, like, for Mercedes-Benz to have that conversation, it's a little weird. Yeah, who did? Like, yeah. But, like, it, it feels... Like what everybody's dream, like Mercedes is like that dream, passion car. Like Mercedes is that car when you finally are doing what you want to do. When you put it that way, that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. just like when you aspire or you're doing something that you love and you're getting the money, you're getting the hype, you're getting the fame, you don't think about buying a Mustang. You think about buying like the Mercedes, the, the Benzes, the high class mm-hmm. cars of the year. And when you said, when the caption was get a job, that's like... You're getting a job of what you love to do and you're profiting from it. You're living that life. And I feel like that spot to me made so much sense. It was just such a, it was such far left for Mercedes, but it was like the right moment to do it. Speaking of like luxury cars, you ever feel like people aren't checking for Cadillacs anymore? No, they are not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like what's up with that? Cadillac, hey. People are not checking for Cadillacs anymore. They didn't change the front grill. The front grill is just like, 
A box. They need to go back to what made people want to drive a Cadillac. You know what? I'm glad Cadillac didn't do this spot. I'm glad Mercedes did. True. I would have yeah. <laughs> had such yeah. a fit. But like, yeah, that made me think about that. Cadillac probably would have put Anthony Hamilton. Why don't know? In my head, I was thinking Anthony Anderson. But screw Cadillac. What about Lincoln? Where about where Lincoln at? They got Matthew McConaughey. He killed it. Oh, that's oh, that's them. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had some spikes. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was them. They car actually good look good. How how did Cadillac lose to Lincoln though? <laughs> oh, no. Like yeah. Cadillac been kind of quiet lately. Cadillac been so quiet. They still got the Escalade though. So True. Who driving Escalade? You know what I see? It's not two thousand four anymore. You know what I seen a long time? A Hummer. A yeah. Hummer. So like, when, uh, and you know, work with us. They got a Hummer. They they like dinosaurs in this bit. But no, I think going back, yes, Mercedes, do another one of those spots. Yeah, I could dig that. Gustavo, whatever your last name is, boy, you killed that. He said, get a job. He got a job in what he loves to do. Didn't Mer- didn't Mercedes Benz do another one with ASAP Rocky? And was it one in the desert or something? Was it one in the desert? Who was when? it? When? When was this? Oh, it was a couple years ago. It, it was in. Look at us. We don't know none of the yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, but, oh, I'm a, too broke to, to look at those spies. That, too that, broke? It, it, Shit, he was broke. Hey. I don't know. I just said that was a win. That was a win for Mercedes. They got a whole slew of those. But yeah. I think ASAP was the yeah, one. Yeah, ASAP was the only like popular person. Like the only yeah, the other people were just like random. Like, Get people. a job for what you love. That was. Uh, let's see what else. What else is there to talk about? Like a, I seem like a dude in average. I kind of want to talk about I. Uh, I uh, something that was really just interesting to me was that uh, I think no. What do y'all think about Complex's cover stories? Like you know those interactive ones. Like the one that did for Pusha T when they talk about mass incarceration. Yeah, like shit like that. Because I think Complex, they did, uh, I think Chance. They're doing one with Chance. Yes, they're doing a new one with Chance about his fatherhood, and I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, like uh, they have a spot where him drinking like the world's best dad cup and all that. Oh, that was me. I didn't know you heard that too. <laughs> Shit. I just got scared. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you were Yeah, listeners probably heard that shit too. Woo! But yeah, that. Dun, 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 dun. Um, and. Long ass podcast. Yeah. Like, uh, two hours. Has it been two hours? Like, you know what? No. What time do we start? It's gotta be an hour. No, it's been an hour and a half. I'm having room a ball. Yeah, this is fun. It'd be, fun. Yeah, next talking. time I bring some beer. I bring some beer or something. Oh, time. we can't have drunken deluxe edition. That's how it's got to happen. Drink <laughs> No, I keep forgetting this version. It's ver- yeah, ver- deluxe version. I keep getting it mixed up. Deluxe version? Why'd you name it deluxe version? Oh. Well, he got a good Yeah, I'm about, I'm about to school y'all asses. Oh. Sit down, children. <laughs> He's how Jay, old are you? I'm, I'll be 26 in June. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I'm so... Yeah, I'm so... I didn't, I'm so, I didn't know me. Yeah, I didn't know you weren't 25 yet. I am not 25, uh, and I'm about to March 30th. Damn, the party life. Oh, you about, life. about to be a quarter century. I'm about to be lit. But yeah, the reason I named it the deluxe version was because <laughs> yes. I because I wanted this like we were talking about album art and just uh, art and just musicians in general. The one thing I loved about albums is that with the deluxe version of them, it comes with music videos and alternate artwork, and it comes with documentaries and stuff so that's why I named about this it's just that one hidden track exactly Ooh, boy. yeah shout out to the hidden tracks like late on late edition but you know what we will, we will never get that again for you until like 
from here. Get what? Like the one hidden track, that documentary when you flip the CD upside down. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, like, vinyls and cassettes are on the fucking ride. Yeah. And it's like, are y'all, are they bringing that back to the vinyls or mm-hmm. to the cassettes? Well, they get that one hidden piece of content that you can't get on digital. Yeah. Like, I think I would pay for that. You know, I think they would made it hot. When you open up that album, you had like three or four CDs and that one booklet and then the, like the signature on the back. And it's like, you got to play all mm-hmm. these CDs to get all the music. Yeah. You know, that was an adventure. Now it's like, oh my God, it's on Tidal. Oh my God, it's on iTunes. Oh my God. It's like, none of that fucking exciting yeah. anymore. I know? mean, like, it was cool, like, because it was almost exclusive and you only get that exclusivity with... Just these Apple-only releases and all that bullshit. No, I mean, yeah. even that's not exclusive yeah, because, exactly. like, in a day, they're going to take that content, rip True. it, and put it on something else. Yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. another name I was going to call it, I was going to call it The Liner Notes. I just want because with this, I just want to shout out and just expose all the people that are really involved with album art and music videos that don't get, that don't get the, the love that they deserve, like... I have a homie that he does a lot of a lot of album art. Uh, shout out to Nicky Chulo. He always he always does such great album art, and I just want to interview him. I just want to interview all these people that do dope shit and just talk about their journey and their rise, cause I uh, just cause everyone has something to con- contribute. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, uh, I just want uh, people. People are such. Yeah, uh, I think something something new I want to add to this podcast too is how would I with a song title or maybe an album title? How would you describe this week? How would I describe? This yeah, week? how would you, how would you describe this week? It doesn't have to be. You can make up an album title, or you can just use a, can I, can an I, album that already exists. Let me let me go to my phone. Okay, and something because it's hell. It's hell. Or we can even do like the, go to the Joe Budden route and talk about, or just you could break up a song that's just on repeat for you this week because that's another thing I want to talk about. <laughs> I like because there's always shit that that just comes out repeatedly that you keep playing throughout the week and you wonder, um, you wonder why it's so great. Um, I've been playing that American Teen album. Yes, that shit goes. That shit is fire. I've been playing specifically on that song. Eighteen. Uh, 18? I've been playing that a lot. 18 goes hard, yeah. I've been playing another sad love song, though, a lot. Mm-hmm. And Young, Dumb, and Broke. That shit. We is are living in. Yeah. Sneaking. Sneaking has been my song for a minute. Sneaking? Mm-hmm. That Drake joke? Mm-hmm. That's about the type it. of standing out for some free shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the song. That's about it. Yeah, for me... I mean about the same thing. Uh, this one of the Saunders songs has been stuck in my head. Let's see, what what Saunders song was it? I think it might be Sirens. Sirens from Saunders. Saunders. That line sums up like that shit. That Twenty One Savage line and sneaking sums up LA for me. What? It's like you the type just standing in line for some free shit. That's, that's like that's everybody, basically everybody. Everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can say that no with the Dollar and Dream tour people used to, I know plenty of people did that shit like they were just they didn't even like J. Cole but they would go in those lines that was an experience and when he last the last one he did that we was in Dallas we was in Dallas yeah, and yeah, yeah, wait yeah. how was that no and nobody got in Ex- I think I tried to go to the one in New one York one person yeah. got in cause she was like just finessed it on some weird yeah those lines were just crazy yeah 
And that's one of the ones they put in the documentary where they were like fighting outside. Shit. And there was some other shit where they almost shut it down. Yeah, like that's that's how it just went down. Too long. I don't know. I think Kid Cudi, his uh, if I can sum up this. I haven't listened to that album now. The Passion, Pain, and Demons. I would listen to it today. It's actually pretty good. It, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I just didn't have time to. One thing I know about Kid Cudi, he always talking about frequencies like throughout his whole career. It's always something to do with like sound and like. Wah, you know, I only I want to see him in the studio. I'm like, what the fuck are you <laughs> just doing? Just hums, yeah, you just humming. Like his ad libs are probably the best shit on earth to listen to. Yeah, his live show was crazy though. And oh Com- yeah, Complex Com- 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 was dope. Yeah, yeah his live show. Com- Even no Chaps is too was dope. Yeah. What if I just did this to the entire podcast? Mm-hmm. Frequency. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you saying? <laughs> Why <What> does wrong? <laughs> this should be fired up. Straight flames. Yeah. <laughs> Those five mics just off the homes. Just five mics off the homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should do this at the upfront of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> like, for real, this would be a good upfront. Mm-hmm. I should cut it here. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> nom, nom. This is how you know the podcast is over. Yeah, that, that's how you get. Yeah, you can definitely tell it's over. All right, so yeah, this is the end of the deluxe version. I, it's version, 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 deluxe version. I, you can really take that and think you're saying version. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. I, fuck that up. I was gonna. I was saying the same thing, but I didn't want to <laughs> say it out loud. Deluxe edition. Like, what's wrong with edition? Because I think I feel like you're naturally keep saying edition. I think because on, I think on there was a YouTube channel called the Deluxe Edition, so I just wanted to stay away from that. But I might just maybe I'll start a poll. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But this shit lie though. Y'all been listening to exactly. Shit. Thanks for listening. Yeah, you've been listening to this shit for like over an hour and a half. So definitely I follow this. me on Twitter. Yeah. Underscore at Tanil. Underscore, underscore, underscore. Wait, did you change your username? Yeah, I changed my username. Was it this? Well, it's underscore Antonin. Yeah. Underscore, underscore. All right. The brand is strong. All right. <laughs> Jay, you got to blow yourself too then. Uh, follow me at the J Blacks, T H E J A Y B L A C K S, on all social media handles. It's lit. That sounds that sounds so professional on all social media handles. The brand is strong. The brand is very strong. all right, and uh, you can follow me at Daryl the Sharp on all on all platforms. I don't think I ever did. I, the one thing I did wrong about this, I didn't introduce myself. I introduced y'all, but I, I on the first one too. I didn't introduce this myself. This what you do. You go back right now because this cuts off. Mm-hmm. You say. Yo, my name is Daryl, and we're here live. You just cut into the. Or upfront. you start that bitch off like tax, free my nigga tax stone. <laughs> my God. Or you start that shit off like. Tax, nah, this shit like, gonna be uncut. This shit gonna be uncut. I don't know. This episode of Tax Stone is brought to you yeah. by Bevel. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I did last time. I sponsored this shit by Bevel. Because I, I don't care if Bevel does sponsor me or not. This episode is sponsored by Bevel. It's brought to you by Bevel, even though I ain't getting a check from them. Hold on, we about to hold on before you cut this shit out. We about to okay. We about to Google the bevel, the bevel write up commercial. I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to right. play us off. Add write up. Let me see if I can find it. Told you, kid. Watch this. Is, this is a good playoff song. Yeah, I ain't gonna find it. Hey, where is this from? Surfing. Oh shit! I feel bad. Yeah. Everybody I know that song. Why she come to oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
brought to you by Control Collective. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shout out to Control Collective. No, y'all, y'all can't know where I stay, so this is not brought to you by Control Collective. Sounds <laughs> what though, so you're gonna hear that. Huh? Wait, what? You're gonna hear all of it, because you keep it all of this. Keep that too. Yeah. Keep that. I'm gonna 10%. This whole shit is uncut. I'm, I'm probably not gonna edit this. Uh, I no, but did you wanna do that? Uh, do the bevel drink? I can't find it right now. <laughs> this episode, this episode is, brought, is brought to you by Bevel. Of course, a curly hair and sensitive skin. <laughs> Be safe out there. But yeah, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the deluxe version. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep going with the deluxe version. Deluxe edition. No. Shout out to my mother. <laughs> it's the deluxe just version. Just call it the deluxe. It could be that. I like that. The deluxe. We'll think about it. We'll call it the working title. Yeah, it it's a working title, but on my SoundCloud, it's it's the deluxe version. Follow, on SoundCloud.com backslash the deluxe version. <laughs> so thank you for listening, and we'll check you. We'll check with you next week. Peace. Great show. What is what is next? I read. Hey, press stop yet? Can you press stop yet? Oh.